0: Welcome to the Self-Care Surgeons podcast, the only podcast for physicians by physicians to help each other avoid the ever-increasing rate of burnout and learn about financial, physical, and emotional self-care in bite-sized, digestible pieces. I'm your host, Ellie Kraft, a practicing surgeon, and together we will navigate the challenges of practicing medicine that is left out of our medical education in order to build richer, happier lives. Enjoy the show and be sure to subscribe. Hi everyone and welcome back to the self-care surgeons podcast. So today I am going to go through the riveting topic of investing and how to get started. So this topic for me was incredibly overwhelming and I felt like I needed to know everything before I could start investing. But that can't be further from the truth. Um, as physicians, we've probably delayed investing for 10 years uh, later than most of our peers. As we're going through you know, residency and, make, and training and making peanuts, you don't really have a lot of extra money to invest. So to those of you that started investing in training, my hat's off to you, that is awesome. Um, But today we're just going to talk about how to get started, you know, no matter where you are in your journey. So whether you're a medical student, a resident, a new attending, an old attending, or, you know, a seasoned attending, it's never too late to start investing. And investing is important. We need to do it even when we haven't paid off of all of our debt. Um, The value of compound interest is just exponential. And the one thing that we will never have more of is time. So uh, I encourage everyone, you know, after listening to this podcast today to at least do something to get started investing. And and let us know, let us know, you know, where you get started investing and how it's going for you. But first, uh, I want to start with talking about a few basic principles of investing in the stock market. Because once you understand these principles, you can start making really good decisions for yourself. So the first big principle about investing is looking at um, your timeline and your level of risk. So as we are, most of us are, you know, in our maybe 20s, 30s, 40s at the time that you're listening to this, you have a very long time to participate investing or participate in investing. So you have a very high risk tolerance because what we've learned throughout history is the stock market goes up and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down. And it always, so the longer time that you're in it, the more chance you have to reach your approximate 10% return of the market. So that's the goal. Um, there's usually about two or three percent inflation that's happening, and then the market reflects, uh, or usually reaches another seven to eight percent. So typically, the stock market over a long period of time will give you a ten percent return on your money. So, you know, it's really something that we all need to be participating in. You can't just put your cash under a mattress. That would be leaving hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars on the table due to this concept of compound interest. So the first thing like I said is to look at your risk tolerance. So if you are young you have a very high risk tolerance because you can put your money away and leave it for a long time. When you start investing this money is not meant to be touched for a long period of time. A- There's a thing called capital gains tax. So first of all, you can't take the money out in less than a year without paying a substantial amount of taxes. So investing into a brokerage account or into stocks and bonds or something like that is a long-term situation. So that is the first thing to think about is your risk tolerance and as we're uh, you know most of the people listening to this podcast are in their younger years they have a high risk tolerance so you should be investing in things like stock market and um so if you're say 30 35 years old you should have about a 90 percent um, diversification in the stock market and anything you're investing in and maybe 10% in bonds. And a lot I'll go into this deeper, but a lot of the robo-advisors do this for you. So you don't even have to think about this, that you just literally put in your age and when you plan to retire and they kind of spit out a portfolio for you. And the portfolio just means like a mix of different stocks and bonds um, based on your age and how soon you're going to likely need to take this money out. So, that's the first thing to think about is um, your risk tolerance. The other concept that's really important in investing is the thing called diversification. So, diversification means that you don't have everything in, let's say, Apple stock or Google stock or something like that. I mean, if you're so lucky to have that kind of portfolio, good for you. <laughs> but realistically, we're not all going out and buying one stock. And nor should you, because if something happens to that company, your savings, you know, will be obliterated essentially. And so the concept of diversification is really important. And so diversification just means that the portfolio that's being put together for you has little pieces of companies from All kinds of different markets. So there's international markets, there's domestic markets, there's, um, you, you know, just all different kinds of markets that don't, there's tech, there's, you know, all these things that don't depend on each other. Um, so basically you want your portfolio to have a lot of different things in it. You don't want to have a lot of the same thing because that means if you have a lot of the same thing, you are susceptible to really get hurt if something happens to those few things. So that's the other big, um, Uh, first concept to think about is you want to have a good mix of everything when you're looking at a portfolio that either a financial professional is putting together for you or like a robo-advisor or something is creating for you. So diversification is really important. It's not great to have a lot of one or two stocks. You want to have a lot of different stocks. And when you have you know, just one or two stocks, you have to really pay attention to what's going on with those one or two stocks. So you can think about if you need to buy or sell or something, you know, and that's a lot of work. And I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I don't have a lot of time to watch stocks and buy and sell. You want to like set it and forget it. That's, that's kind of the best way this stuff works is if you just set it up, you don't look at it, and you check in like honestly once a year that's the most important thing for investing so that's another um, important point to think about the other thing uh, like i mentioned is the or the the you know idea of compound interest so you know, if someone starts investing 10 years later than the rest of people, um, we, we can catch up to them, but we have to invest more than, say, if you were 25 and you start investing, you can invest like $50 a month. But when you're, you know, ten years behind that, maybe getting out of training and you're starting to invest, you you really need to up that level to reach the same um, amount that that the 25 year old would reach with a a much less amount that they initially invested due to the idea of compound interest. So those are other uh, concepts to think about. And the the last thing I want to talk about is there needs to be some element of like rebalancing. So, you know, when you're young and setting this all up in your 20s and 30s, you want to be sure that you have systems in place so that the portfolio that, you know, is maybe set up with a lot of stocks and not so many bonds um, is rebalanced as you get older. So once you're near retirement, the, the portfolio should be changing to you know have more of like ten percent stocks and ninety percent bonds or something like that. But but that's a that's you know further down the road, that's very advanced, but it's just something I want to mention when people mention rebalancing. You know, finance is just like medicine where there's a whole nother language and it's not complicated, but it's definitely intended to keep outsiders out. So the more that we understand as physicians, the more we can have control of our money and make you know, thoughtful decisions around it. Because even if you have a financial advisor or something, You know, like you still need to know exactly what they are doing. And as I mentioned before, remember, a financial advisor is usually going to be taking about a 1% fee. And when you look at that down the road, the 1% of the money that you would have invested, it actually turns out to be after you do the compound interest math, it's roughly 30% of what you would have down the road because of what a big chunk it is when you forget about the compound interest. So anyways, my goal of this whole episode is to convince everyone basically to get started in a robo-advisor account um, and go from there. There's things like uh, Betterment, Wellfront, Elvest. Um, uh, there's a million. If you just Google robo-advisors, there's a few. And my, my personal favorite is Betterment. Um, and that's what I use to have my brokerage account. Um, but, But yeah, let's get started with talking about where you would start with investing. So the first thing you need to do before you even start investing is to build an emergency fund. So what is an emergency fund? An emergency fund is basically uh, a, an amount of money that you have set aside for three to six months of living expenses. So I've talked about this before, but these are things like your rent, your mortgage, your cost of food, your cost of gas, your cost of insurance, um, your cost of electricity, utilities, stuff like that. Stuff that you would could pay to keep the lights on and live your life if you were to get laid off or lose your job. And, and you want it theoretically to be able to support you for the amount of time that you think it would take you to find a new job. So for like me as a very specialized surgeon, it might take me a whole year to find another job. So for me, my goal of my emergency fund is to have 12 months worth of savings or 12 months worth of living expenses and savings. And I don't just want to put that in my like debit account. I want that money in a high-yield savings account. Right now, the beauty of these high, high home mortgage um, interest rates is also means there's really high interest rates on high-yield savings accounts. So again, in my Betterment app, um, there's an option for high-yield savings accounts. And my current rate is around 5%. So every chunk of money that I put in there is making 5%, okay, APY. So really, the first thing you need to do before you start investing is to start building an emergency fund um you don't have to you know fill it up first but you definitely need to start doing that because remember that the investing money you can't access it for a year without tax penalties so it's not good for a big you know cash flow or um emer- if something emergent happens the your brokerage account is not that it's not your emergency fund so you want to be sure you have some kind of emergency fund before you go all ham on the investing. The second thing I would say after you fill up your emergency fund is to first maximize your tax incentivized accounts. So before you start your brokerage account, I want to be sure that everyone has their 401k set up, has their 457b, whatever your employer offers. You need to be maxing out that money every year. And there are limits to how much you can contribute. So uh, for 2023, I believe it's $22,500. So you take $22,500 and you divide your yearly salary by that. And so you divide that number and that creates your percentage that you're going to contribute every month to your 401k or your 457b. And remember, you want to take absolute advantage of a match if your employer offers a match because that is free money. So for example, my current employer offers a 50% match up to 6% or, or once you reach 6%. So in my case... I'm going to max out that $2,500 and they're going to contribute, you know, 50% of that. So that's another like $11,000 that's free that my comp or, you know, that whatever you're working for, it gives you, even if you work for yourself, you can set up your own, um, kind of long-term 401k account. Okay. So that's one option. The other option we've talked about before It's like a Roth IRA, um, some kind of Roth. That's the best because you pay taxes on it initially and you don't have to pay taxes when you take it out. So any any maxing out of a Roth that you can do is absolutely wonderful. So um, remember a Roth max is only like $6,500. And then things like HSAs, are also a really good investment tool that you can max out as well. And that has the um, triple tax advantage, the HSA. So if your employer offers the HSA, definitely, definitely, definitely sign up. And yeah, I believe it's $7,500 for families and a little less if it's an individual. So once all of those things are checked and those Um, you know, you have all that set up, you really, 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 like I said, you want to take the most advantage of those because those are tax advantaged, but there's a limit to them. And so, you know, any other money that you have left that you're not using to pay off any high interest debt, um I would say, you know, start a brokerage account and start playing with it. You know, for me, I just started with I got a bonus um, from one of my jobs, and I just put the bonus into my brokerage account, and I chose, you know, a pretty, um, aggressive portfolio since I'm, you know, um, in my 30s and have the risk tolerance for it, and I got started that way, and it was really fun to see kind of the money go up, but then you see it go down, and and then I learned very quickly just not to look at it for a while. So, but overall, it it will grow because the nice thing about these robo advisors is they are having you invest in essentially. Um, they're called EFTs, so they are little pieces of individual stocks. They're not actually stocks, um, but they're they're diversified for you, basically. So I really love them because you're gonna hit that like eight, seven percent return over time um, in these. In these index funds or ETFs. So, those are, uh, you know, index funds and chill is what a lot of the financial gurus spout. But basically, those are, you know, the safest, quote unquote, stocks that you can kind of invest in just to get going. So, um, I know this is a lot of information and no one likes to think about this stuff, but it really is crucial that we max out these retirement accounts and have a cash reserve and have and start investing because we are 10 years behind everybody else. And it's not rocket science, you know, Um, financial advisors like to make us think it is, but it's really not. You know, let's remember we do surgery, we put in chest tubes, we do spinal taps, like we can do hard things. Absolutely. And investing is just another feather that we can put in our hat and something that we can get taken advantage of if we don't know what's going on. So, um, this lesson I know is a little nitty gritty, but it's important. And I wish more people talked to me about it during my training. And I kind of had to learn about it all on my own, which is fine. But, uh, you know, it'd be really nice to hear about it earlier. So, you know, everyone, I want you to look at what you're doing for retirement um, and think about it and get started. You know, you need to a start uh, again. Let's circle back here and say you know you need to start saving for your cat, um, your cash reserve in a high yield savings account. No cash under the bed. No leaving it in your debit count, debit account. Like it needs to be in a high yield savings account, which there's so many out there right now, and you really are leaving money on the table if you don't have one set up already. And like I said, all these robo-advisors, they all have high-yield savings accounts, too. They're, they're everywhere, essentially. And just make sure that they're FDIC-insured, um, which most of them are. So that just means if something happens, if the bank fails, like Silicon Valley Bank the other day, um, you will be protected, Okay. So that's the first thing. And then, you know, make sure that you're maxing out your tax-advantaged accounts. And then the third thing is to, you know, start investing. Set up a brokerage account. Start playing. If you have any extra money, you know, that you're not spending, invest. Invest, invest, invest. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for sticking with me. And um, please let me know what you think. If you have any questions, I'm always happy to help 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 you get started. And we'll see you back next week. All right. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening with us today. And please be sure to rate and review us for more listeners to find this podcast. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook and DM or email us your questions at hello at selfcaresurgeons.com. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Self-Care Surgeons podcast.